Hey, mommies, we updated our channel memberships. For $5 a month, you get updated badges, new emojis, no ads on YMH and Two Bears. And you get early access to both YMH and Two Bears. For just $10 a month, you get early access and no ads on all shows. And for $20 a month, you get all of both tiers and proof that you're not a fat poor. Click the join button on our YouTube homepage or right above the description of any one of our episodes. What are you waiting for? Join today. This week on Dr. Drew After Dark. Community Jun- college. Junior college. Junior college. Junior college. You said that pretty condescending, but I'll take it. It's rare that I have a comedian in here that actually says something where they're ashamed. Doctor, Look. real quick, how do those big tits fought? And I'm just a little bitch apparently, right? <laughs> yes. Welcome to Dr. Drew After Dark. Please be advised that Dr. Drew After Dark may contain sexually oriented content and be unsuitable for young children. Hey everybody, welcome to Dr. Drew After Dark. Of course, keep those voice messages coming. I don't know that we need them so much anymore because we have uh, live calls, but I do like having a few voice messages at 818-253-1693. And of course, the emails, I've got scads of them, Dark at gmail.com. Of course, Booth Boys, ready to go. Gentlemen, how are you? Booth Everything good? Boys. Hey. Yes. Hey. 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 I just realized I had not checked in with you in a long time. I want to make sure you guys are good and... Any of you haven't changed any practices, so to speak. No, uh, no. Thanks for good. checking in. Yeah, yeah, just checking in. Check make in, sure bro. nothing's sus out there. Nothing <laughs> sus. <laughs> <laughs> nothing sus. Oh. <laughs> You're getting there, Drew. You're getting there. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, two things I'm thinking. A, it's the funniest thing in the world when an uncool person uses sort of just cool language. It's Nailed like it. ridiculous. <laughs> in fact... Uh, this is sort of ridiculous also, but when I was in France, I was trying to use cool language and they, they sort of started laughing at me. Like, you sound like, like a teenager. It's like, I'm, I'm not. I'm not a teenager officially, in case you hadn't noticed. Uh, also... Teach us um, some French slang. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. Like, uh, connard. Or uh, du, 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 du all the time. Is that oh, like du, du, du shit? It's like so, like it's like like. Duku is like like. And so mm. I'm like, okay, duku, and they're like, what's <laughs> that? Just laughing out loud. Um, what, what is Conard? Conard is asshole. Conard is asshole. There we go. That's something we can. And use. I, I, I asked this one guy. I was thought I was being funny. We okay, the difference between a Conard duck a Conard, and he goes. You're neither one nor the other. Ni l'un ni l'autre. So uh, we are getting into the weeds here. I wanted to say another thing. <laughs> one more thing, which is that uh, I do believe the rational revolution is underway. Uh, it's taking a lot longer than Christina and I expected. But I have noticed that people are able to say rational things without being canceled. Uh, and people are able to enter into rational discourse. Uh, that may be uncomfortable without being canceled and people can start to say things again. And it's just an uncanny thing to me that we have been through a period when you couldn't talk. You couldn't just say, thank God for your mom's house because we've always been just kind of talking here. So good. So thank you, Booth Boys, for being a part of that. Oh, thank you, and, Joe. Uh, think, of the, think of the miles we have covered, gentlemen. Today the guest is Jeremiah Watkins, new YouTube specialist, Daddy. No, no better place for a mommy than a, for a daddy. Uh, podcast are Scissors Bros, uh, Jeremiah Wonders. Yeah, yeah, no, no, 
Yes, scissors. Oh, that's our oh, symbols. Scissors, bro. Scissors. Right, scissors, bro. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were saying, stop, stop. Drew, <laughs> the, 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 this intro is too good. Stop, stop. That's good. <laughs> scissors, bros. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, you have a regular live show. Uh, it's also up on YouTube. Stand up on the spot. Tell us about that. Uh, yeah, every second Tuesday of the month at the Comedy Store, uh, I host a show. Comedians go up with no prepared material, ask the audience for suggestions. Oh, uh, it's just called the Adam Carolla Show. Because this seems to be his, his way of doing it. Although even he... Well, finish your thought. I'll tell you about that in a second. Oh, I, I, I hopped on Corolla and he goes, how long have you been doing your show? <laughs> That's a great impression. <laughs> and uh, I was like, 2010, he goes, oh, yours first. Okay. <laughs> All right. He goes, yeah. He's like, I'll do your show. Yeah. <laughs> Were you a guest on his show or something? And yeah, then yeah, yeah. And then I was like, you got to do my show. He's like, yeah. <laughs> 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 got to feel me out. Yeah. Quid pro quo. Yeah, he, um, for years... Oh my gosh, this is a separate story I didn't expect to tell, but he was always hammering me about being a little bit prepared. And I was like, dude, I practice medicine all day. That's my preparation. Right. And he was like, have something to say. And I was sort of offended that I was, because I was really resistant to the fact that I was on radio or was doing public events with him. I just, it felt weird to me. Yeah, to have uh, some pre-planned stuff. It just felt weird. And he would do everything pretty much right off top of his head. Then I realized, oh, he has a card. He wrote some stuff down on. Maybe I had to do that too. A little bit of prep work? Just just some ideas yeah, is all yeah. he was trying to get me to do. And so this is a story about what an asshole I am, right? <laughs> because I resisted just a reasonable thing. But part of the resistance came from for years and years, again, because I was like, I was always so resistant to everything, just even the fact that I was on the radio. He would always go like, he was always hammering me about improv techniques, right? Mm -hmm. Don't ever say no to me. I'm like, well, sometimes you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, sometimes yeah. I, you're saying something <laughs> dangerous. I have to say no. No, say not only that, Adam, but. Yeah. And so, you know. Move, and, keep it moving forward so it doesn't just like shut down the conversation. Exactly. Yeah. And so. I have some other theories on that, actually. Tell us. Yeah. What are they? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> fuck. I'm, see what an asshole I am? You see? Do you see? Listen you up, you canards. This show is off Conards, the rails already. Conards, Conards. Shit. All right, we're going to be taking calls today, too. We're going to watch videos. Uh, and Nadav even has a question. So let's check that mm. out. Whoa, this is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, Drew, like I've been kind of dealing with some gambling stuff recently. Uh -oh. And they've been saying that it's an addiction, but mm. like I'm not super convinced. Like, wait, because you're an addiction like expert. Yeah. Have um, you ever dealt with people that were just addicted to gambling? Well, what do you mean just... You, the answer is yes, but I want to know more about what you mean by just addicted to gambling. Like sometimes it goes hand in hand with other addictions. But yes, it does. Right. Typically it does. Right. Uh, like all, what other things is it usually paired with? Uh, alcohol and weed. You know, stuff you're doing sort of, you know, while you're gambling typically, in fact, or things you're trying to stop doing and then the gambling kind of steps up a little bit. My, my favorite gambling addiction story was my buddy Bob Forrest, you know, the guy with the hat and the glasses. I, he's t told this story publicly, so I know he doesn't mind me telling it. He, uh, you know, was severe, severe heroin addict in his day. I mean, like, really, like, I thought he had died, actually. And then I found him 10 years later. I couldn't believe, I, I thought I was talking to a ghost. There's Bob. Um, and uh, I stole him from another program, and I helped train him. And he's a really excellent clinician now. And, and uh, we noticed he would disappear on Friday afternoons. He just wasn't around. And after a few months of that, he's like, no, no, I, I'm so stressed out. I have to go to the races. It's just, a, I get the air, the horses. I mean, I understand that. I just got to go. And and turned out he developed quite a problem. Uh, and, and he had no, and this is a guy with years of sobriety, a, per, a real serious credentialed professional, 
just he, it was blinded to what was happening to himself, right? It, it part so part of this thing is denial and minimization, right? So you don't necessarily see what's happening to you. If other people are telling you that there seems to be a problem, take it, take it, take it in, take it seriously. But what do they know? <laughs> Ooh. Uh, sounds like the they first know step. they don't have the condition, so they're not in denial about it. <laughs> That's what they know. Uh, they're and they know they're your friends and just concerned and just trying to sort of be helpful. Uh, if it's you know, so many of these things, right? Um, here, here's the this is the challenging part, right? So many of these conditions, whether it's gambling, weed, sex, alcohol. They have spectrums to them. They go from mild to severe to life-threatening, right? And if you're in that sort of mild to moderate zone, you feel like you're in control of it. And you sort of are. You sort of are. If you haven't yet thrown the switch with something else like heroin or really serious. So, so the, real, the real conundrum in addiction is not getting to the point where the switch gets thrown and you can't stop. Right, so you're in this stage right now where you're feeling in control. You kind of have it under control. I, I would just really sort of add up the consequences of the, whatever it is you're doing, mm-hmm. and if the consequences are real, and be honest with yourself, you might just want to do something about that. Which is just cut back while you still can before you do lose control. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But then you can then you can sort of try to moderate it if you want. Though if you have a, if you've thrown a switch on something else, you can't moderate. And if you have a bad genetic burden, it's tough to moderate. So it's an it's an interesting that middle zone that a lot of people are in. It's a it's you know I I really uh, hate to to you know the sort of one size fits all kind of approach. You, you got to get treatment. You right. got to go to GA. And by the way, GA is Gamble's Anonymous is a wonderful program. It helps a lot of people. Let me. T- I'm sorry. I'm going to take over this show for a second. If you don't. That's mind. okay. Hey, I'm all about the booth boys. You so, know what I'm saying? Let's, let's get. But into there's it. an interesting part here we've never talked about, which is different kinds of gambling addiction. Right. Have I talked to you about this before? No, but I'm familiar with the different kinds. Okay, so there was a guy. I'm blanking on his name right now. Started with a B. He ran a, a lab at University of Nevada, Las Vegas. We actually had a casino, and he'd wire people up and send them in, and people with the various addictions. He would study them in a casino setting with all their body sort of parameters. Uh, wired up. And he found several different kinds of gamblers. Uh, One was dissociative gambling, which was usually slot machines where people would go in there for hours and hours and dissociate so badly they would sometimes wear diapers because they would like shit themselves or pee themselves. They'd just be out of mind. Yeah, that sounds right. There is winning, winning uh, gamblers that they get addicted to winning. Those are not that common. They're not as common as you would think. Oh, they're addicted Um, to losing. They're addicted to deading and losing. Yeah, they, mm. they they don't feel alive unless they have their back against the wall. And then there's sort of a sociopathic zone, which is they just like yanking on the system, like beating the system. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's more of a winning variety. But th- those that's a that person usually has other stuff going on in their life. They manipulate people and other things like that. Right. And so you have to kind of recognize what kind of gambler you are. <laughs> are you a debtor or a winner? That's sort of the question. Right. Well, I'd like to think that I'm a winner. Okay. Fucking winners. And, yeah, and, and winners a friend of mine, winners. a guy I know, was a uh, casino manager. Mm-hmm. And he said he would watch these guys come in, the big whales and stuff, and he'd go, he'd, he'd keep keep giving them freebies, he said, until they won a million dollars. And the, at, the, at the moment they won a million dollars, he said, now I know they will lose everything within a year. Oh. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that checks out. <laughs> checks out. <laughs> yeah. So, so be so careful. I'll tell you what, what comes right after a big win, going right back to even or oh. worse. 
Oh, well, the worst part because it's always now you start getting aggressive with the gambling. And that's well, yeah, because you got to keep on doubling up every that's time you right. lose. And that's you right. Yeah. I mean, if you get a big win, you put it all on black. Right? You have to. You got to make a double to win. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's just it's fifty fifty, man, or nearly fifty fifty. Sometimes so, a little just, better, sometimes a little worse. And I'll just do it again if I lose on that one. I'll double up again. <laughs> yeah, if you put it on red, that's sus, Doctor. Yeah, that is sus. That's sus. That is sus. Not as sus as green, uh, one of the greens, but it's sus. <laughs> but, oh, there we go. So, some roulette. Oh, Drew, play some roulette. <laughs> no, I do not. I, I, well, I, can't, you should. I cannot to stand Vegas, yeah, but I am the opposite. I, I I I look at it as adult entertainment and I like playing craps and I have once I lose ninety dollars, which is inevitable, uh it, I try to make that happen as slowly as possible. Like if I can get two or three hours of entertainment out of it, I feel like well that's ninety dollars well spent. But without exception, 90. even if I get five hours of entertainment out of it, I'm Furious with myself. Five hours of ninety dollars. We used to be able to when they were five dollar tables. Uh, you know, you that's uh, exactly what I do. Yeah, I say like a ninety hundred dollar limit, yeah. and yeah. then when it's gone, yeah. it's gone. And must, then when it's gone, nice. how do you how do you feel that once once you've lost it? I feel okay because I went in knowing that I'll probably lose. I I, I knew it too, and I still feel like shit. I feel like an asshole. Like I. Well, like you I, guys sound like the losing side of the game. Uh, no, we're the the. Pussy side of the game, that's just the full. Yeah, I mean, same. Well, yeah. don't put words in my mouth. Well, I am anyway. I told you. <laughs> I told you what I am. I, I'm. <laughs> so okay, it's sorry. Quick question, yeah. quick question though. Yeah. Quick question though. What if his friends don't think he has a problem, and it's really just a matter of you know getting back what he's lost? So uh, I don't know that there is such a thing as getting back what you've lost. Uh, one. Have you there seen is. the movie John Wick? Yeah, yeah I understand. I understand. I understand, but but number two, those may be either codependents or co co addicts with him, right? If you if you gamble with a bunch of co gambling addicts, then I'm not sure that's in your best interest necessarily. But I'm just saying, Jeremiah, where did you grow up? Kansas City. Uh, what, what part of Kansas? City? On the Kansas side. The Kansas side. Bunch the, of canards out there near the plaza. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and did you go to school out there and stuff? Or <laughs> I did. Yeah, I did attend school. Uh, we had some schools there. No, no, I um, mean like school, school after college or. Okay, I got a, an a, an associate's degree of the arts. Ah. Community Jun- college. Junior college. Junior college. Junior college. You said that pretty condescending, but I'll take it. You, you we'll set take me it. up for it. Uh, and uh, and then how did comedy happen? Uh, comedy happened uh, from not. I mean, I, I wanted to do it from a young age, but it also was not being good at other things that like mm. along the way. Eh. You know, getting cut from the basketball team, stuff like that. Like yeah. they, that helps you build character. Like yeah, being yeah. told no to yes. to different things. So as doors shut, the one door stayed open. Yeah, the light starts to get brighter That's at that good. door. Yeah, you've yeah. been happy doing it. Love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It, you, we didn't finish the um, stand up on the spot. Tell us more about that. When is it? Where can people see it? Oh, yeah. Uh, every second Tuesday of the month at the Comedy Store, uh, it's, a, it's a YouTube series that you can check out uh, youtube.com slash at standupots or just type in stand up on the spot. Um, and we post videos there all the time. Good for you. Everybody does like shorter sets, like kind of showcase style. It's fun. And and you know by wearing a daddy shirt, it's particularly ironic in this studio. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. And tell us about daddy. Daddy, my. <laughs> Daddy's my new one-hour special that you can type in on YouTube after this, and uh, if you uh, watch the special after you know watching this, maybe type in something about Canards or something like that, so I know that you came from Doctor Drew. So your name comes up after Canard. Yeah. See yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> also Jeremiah Watkins. Uh, so if you and, like this, then you'll love this. And yeah. Are you a daddy? 
I am, yeah. Mm-hmm. And number two is on the way in uh, in June. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And you guys live in in uh, Los Angeles area. Oh, we do. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, and how, California is such a shit show. Is are you doing okay there? I like it all right. You know, mm-hmm. I think it, it, uh, people are talking pretty bad about it lately, but I'm like, yeah, I still like it. Is your wife from that area or is she? She's from the Bay Area. Ah, so it is better down Southern California. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the, 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 You can go up in California from Northern to Southern. Actually yeah. It gets better. Yeah, yeah. So, well, we're going to do a bunch of things today. We've got a lot of calls we're going to get to. I'm going to try to get as many as possible. We've got some videos to watch. I've got a bunch of, uh, let me get a quick uh, email just quickly because it's pertinent for Tom and Christina. They've been t- doing a lot of, you'll be shocked to know, a lot of brown talk, a lot of fart talk. Uh, recently had a revelation about my farts. Whenever I have a silent fart, it smells terrible, rancid, but whenever my asshole blows a loud kiss, it never smells. I mean, never. Silent equals smelly, loud equals not smelly. Why is this? Thoughts? I'm in the same boat. Mm. Like, when, sometimes I'll, I'll fart real loud and somebody will shoot me a look. I'm like, I'm sorry, it doesn't smell. The, the loud ones don't, like, I, I, I brush it off immediately. Except when it does. Sometimes it will pull a little, a little yeah. bait and switch on you yeah. and a big loud one will be horrible. <laughs> And then what do you, then you're like, then now you, now you literally have shit on your face. You're like, what the hell do I do now? Like, I'm like, I really, I destroyed everybody. I, <laughs> I called it out. I, you know, I'm like, it announced itself. Yeah. And that's that. So the bottom line is, uh, the things that cause air. Okay. Here's the deal. So methane is the smelly part. I love that we're breaking. I'm so excited we're breaking, breaking this it down. down. Yeah. So, so the methane gas, which is nitrogenous, you know, the bacteria break down the gases. And if you have certain bacteria in your gut or you feed it certain things, mm-hmm. it produces a bunch of methane. Methane, not usually in large volumes. Not, and in fact, if you have a lot of air, it kind of dilutes it a little bit, right? Right. You can sort of, you know, hopefully put it in, in a, a larger volume. Therefore, it's less concentrated. Um, but not necessarily so. And the air part, there's debate about where that comes from. Some people say it comes from swallowing air. Mm -hmm. We we swallow a certain amount of air. Some of it is from the bacteria that's just producing gas. And everybody's different this way. This is what's challenging, is that everyone has their own sort of fart math. Sure. You know, that they're they're either never smelly or always smelly or always loud or, yeah, you're, I'm all over the place. Certainly my, my situation is whatever I feed it. I'm going to get Susan in here to do a full disquisition on this. But it's what, what is fed is the issue. Now, does cheek size uh, have anything to do with the proportion of smell to the fart? Uh, it, it certainly creates a further distance to the mm-hmm. outside world, right? So it might dissipate a little bit in there. Maybe right. it get held in long enough to kind of dissipate. And, of course, it has that lovely sound. Right. Know, so little, the more rumbles, yeah. maybe the more of the filtration system that uh, might maybe, be occurring? Maybe. Okay. Maybe. I like that. All I right. like that. It's another advantage to being a little bit overweight. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's you heard it here. Let's go to Nick from Montana. Nick, glad I get a chance to talk to you. You I've as been well. Listening to you since, uh, uh, I mean, since the days of Bloodline. I'm calling about ocular migraines. I oh, know yeah. you've talked to the great Andrew Santino about them before. Mm-hmm. Um, just seeing how I could eventually prevent them. Um, whenever I get them, I lose like the ability to understand reality. I know that sounds bizarre. Um, well, no, it's, it's aura, like, it's like literally, it's, look, it's like getting hit over the head. Your brain isn't working right. The blood yeah. supply to the brain is changing and the ocular migraine is just a manifestation of that part of the brain. The occiput, uh, the blood flow changes there. And so literally it can either be sparkly things. You can lose half your vision. You really can't see half the world. What, what's yep. your manifestation? You nailed it exactly on the head. It's literally my right eye every time. I can't see anything, mm. and like I, I lose the ability to read. It is one of the most bizarre things I've ever experienced in my life. And do you have headache following or no headache? Yes. 
Headache. A headache following. A major headache. Okay. And it's like, I know you've talked about thunderclap headaches in the past. and Different. My big concern is like, what if it ends up being an aneurysm or something okay. or a stroke or something like that? So just trying to Jeremiah, get a medical information for him. Uh, I think it's a stroke every time. Yeah, good, good advice. And so, <laughs> and so you, it's with this kind of migraine. These are really classic migraines to the extent that they, you know, you want to make first of all, you want to make sure they are migraines, right? Just the way you're saying. So you need a neurological workup. You need an MRI, an MRA. Make sure there is not aneurysm, that kind of thing. I'm sure there's not. And the great news is there's all these really effective, uh, you know, sort of prophylactic agents for migraine now. There's so much stuff out there. You know, uh, get, take advantage of it. It might be some of it might be a little expensive if you don't have insurance, but there's just a lot of options now that we just didn't have before, and it is sort of important because with the kind of migraine you have, you you as you see, you know, the the fact that you get confused and whatnot is your brain getting injured. It's like getting hit in the head, and you don't want too many of those injuries, right? It's it's it can lead to trouble years down the line. So you want to you want to make an effort to control the migraines if indeed these are those classical migraines I'm talking about. All right. Yeah. No. I <laughs> it gives me something to think about too. So no, I greatly appreciate it. Yeah. No, you really got to really do really take it very seriously. I mean, it's it's not life threatening at all at all. Again, I'm, I'm assuming they're migraines. You got to nail that down. But they are. Um, they're this kind of migraine, you know, the, the fact that his visual fields aren't working is the restriction of blood. You know, the yeah. blood is not going there. And then you do that enough times and shit can get injured. Yeah. And it causes some damage. Yes. You have migraines or anything? You have any medical problems? Uh, not currently. Not presently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you had medical problems that we should be uh, interested in? Well, uh, I had, uh, in 2015, I had uh, melanoma. Yeah, yeah. I had skin cancer that was like stage two where it had to get like big 10 inches out of my back. Big cut. cut yeah. Big cut. Yeah. Oh, that's. Yeah. That was the, I mean, that's the most like life threatening as far as that, that goes. How long was that? 2015. So you're free and clear. You're good. Yeah. Yeah. I go so like good. once a year now for my that's a, it's in Melanoma is a, it, one of the cancers that scares me because it just comes out of nowhere. If you miss it for five seconds, it's like gone. It's it, like, geez. Yeah. It was a spot that came out of nowhere. Yeah. And you can't see it on your back either. Did somebody pick it up? Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad. Uh, yeah. Oh my goodness. Let's talk more happy things. Colin, what's going on, Colin? Oh my goodness, Dr. Drew. How do those big tits fart? Uh, how do those big tits fart? Those aren't mine. Those are Christina's. <laughs> hey, mommy. All right, so okay. I love asking a doctor <laughs> that question. No, I know. They, look, doctor, look, doctor, real quick. How do those big tits fart? And, and usually, get people get I up. Have to. I have to explain the whole Hitler thing to everybody. You know, mm -hmm. hey, Hitler, do you know what that's going on in here? What you want? No. So there's a there was a psychotic girl talking on a video blog, and she thought she was talking to Hitler. And she would begin every video blog with, hi, Hitler. And so that has become a greeting here. So it's good times, right? Uh, what's up, Colin? I thought I would try and go, you know, not with the standard greeting. I know. Sorry, I understand. It was, no, it's a, mod, it's a variation of the theme. You're, you're like a jazz musician when it comes to mom how, your mom's house greetings. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Definitely. Um, I just have a question about uh, my change in libido and whether it's uh, related just to, I had a single testosterone test recently, yeah. but I also had a change from, from home. And yeah. so just for a little bit for background, I grew up Jehovah's Witness, sexually repressed, really got into porn, and luckily that never really interfered with my sexual function too much. But over the past year, I started working from home, and I had a fiance, everything was going well, but I definitely noticed a change in my libido. And so I got a, a testosterone test, it was like 298, which I'm 33, Always had decent muscle mass. That's lowish, um, yeah. Overweight, but not crazy. How much you weigh? Uh, I am 220. 
All right. How tall are you? Uh, 5'10". Okay. So that's not, that's not, it's just like uh, that, that wouldn't typically explain the low testosterone. So did anybody do any kind of workup for you? Like, you know, did they check free testosterone? Did they check your, you know, other, other endocrine function? No, and I even had to kind of beg them just to do the testosterone test. I had to really tell them, like, you know, oh, the libido is not the same as it was. It's still not. It's it's not bad, but it just. I used to be. I wouldn't say hypersexual, but very sexual. Now it's kind of just gotten down to. All right, so l- let's talk about the sort of the the J shape of testosterone, and and uh, testosterone will drop if you're not having enough sex and sexual activity. Okay, yeah. it goes down. Um, Wait a minute. It's a, it's a inverted J. It, Can it, I give my medical? Opinion? Yes, always. Of yeah, course. It sounds like you're <laughs> suffering from being a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. That's what the boot boys were thinking. Jeremiah is actually that's, he embarrassed himself. Jeremiah is actually embarrassed. I call in. I want to congratulate you. You. It's rare that I have a comedian in here that actually says something where they're ashamed. And this, I think you've gotten him there. So well done, Jeremiah. Well done, Colin. <laughs> so, I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's not me. I just uh, yeah. That's so good. Uh, all right. So so Colin, we'll, we'll get to this. It's a spoonful of sugar, my friend. It's why we're able to talk about these things. We we we. Yeah. He's like, please, yes, let's let this make this okay. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> okay, uh, let that be a meme at your mom's house. Uh, so, uh, please, please. So, 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 our testosterone levels go up with sexual activity, unless we have too much sexual activity, then it starts to fall off the other side, right? So, there's sort of a sweet spot. Are you overdoing it with the porn again, or no? Uh, I think the work from home has definitely increased it, right? So in the past, you know, if I was really anxious, I couldn't, you know, just not jerk one off in the middle of the day, right? Yeah. I had to wait until I get home. Um, but I still would probably, you know, in the past before work from home was maybe twice, three times a day, and now it's maybe a little bit more, but not much Yeah, more. you're going to want to back off. The same, but the little, is different. A little bit of cold jerky, I think, would uh, help you help out here a little bit. <laughs> Jeremiah appreciates my humor. Yeah, I, I love it. I love it. So, yeah, you got to back off. <laughs> you got to save that sperm, dude. We know that you're not producing much, so you got to chill out on baiting, dude. Yeah. Oh, nice. But <laughs> but also, my friend, there there are several ways to sort of naturally raise testosterone levels. And, and men's testosterone fluctuate quite a bit. Uh, it, obviously, weight, you've said. So adipose tissue produces uh, estrogen, and that can add to lower testosterone. So you want to l- focus on getting lean. Maybe your body's very sensitive to that. Uh, number two, any other medical problem can lower testosterone. So make sure, I'm sure you're not, I don't know if you're on medicine or hypertensive or anything else. Uh, you want any medication? Yeah, nothing else. Nothing. So you got to is just for everybody else. Pay attention to that. Uh, number three, exercise, it's particularly resistance training, weight training, has a marked effect on testosterone. So you could certainly, as opposed to jacking off, maybe go to the gym. I, I think that's sort of a nice substitution that brings you in the right direction. And then diet. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm a big protein fan. I'm a big you know grass fed beef fan. I think limiting carbohydrates is a really important thing. It will help with the again lean body mass and whatnot. Uh, so those are my thoughts, uh, and they're probably a lump, ton of. Other, I, I would stay away from some of your age. Should not need supplements. It just shouldn't. Uh, and so all that stuff you see on TV, or you know, I just don't. I don't see it. I mean, you could take. There's one supplement that does uh, help a little bit, but I'd want you to talk to your doctor about it. And that's DHEA, dihydroepiandrostenone. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, DHEA, 50 milligrams or 100 milligrams, will it's what it's a precursor of testosterone. It will kind of boost things up a little bit. So, Jeremiah, we good? Yeah. Okay. Is he still a bitch? I tore my pec about a month ago. I used to weightlift a lot, uh. and so, but I, you know, I was just still able to do other things. Uh, tore about sorry about uh, back in uh, May of 2022, and but I even you know I'd say it wasn't immediately after that, but that's when all this kind of libido thing. Well, changed. well there you go. Have, so, have you yeah. heard of David Goggins? Yeah, I have heard of David Goggins. Where are you going with this? I'm just saying he might want to listen to a little bit of David Goggins. Okay. I mean, because I'm just a little bitch apparently, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, buddy. Keep it going. You're doing good. Don't worry. But I'm glad you had it worked up. That's important. And uh, and you still might want to. Oh. Other other endocrine disorders can be associated with this. Uh, something called Kalman syndrome. If you also lose your sense of smell, but I, I am very disturbed by all these young men getting on testosterone replacement without a diagnosis. Low yeah. testosterone is not a diagnosis. It is a symptom, much like fever. It's just a finding. The question is, why is that testosterone low? In his case, it sounds like there's a lot of stuff going on. So you could you could at least try some natural stuff first. Can I ask you a question? Nope. You're a little bit. Okay. Mm -hmm. no, nobody that calls anybody a little bitch is asking me questions. But no, go ahead. <laughs> okay. This is a question that I used to listen to you back on Loveline back in the day. Yeah. But I was too afraid mm. to call in and ask Ooh, this question. This is going to be good. Yeah. You, I, I actually see fear in your eyes. Okay. So when I was Am I a little bitch? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, Drew. Am I? When I was in high school, I would... Uh, I had a lot of guilt associated with masturbation because yes, I had a like a, a very uh, common yeah religious upbringing yeah so did they were they specific in their admonitions about masturbation like don't touch yourself it was essentially like it was lumped in like you're gonna burn if you but they would be explicit like masturbation you're going to hell with masturbation I think so okay. or at least I that's what I you concluded just, from you it. conclude were they do they teach you sex is bad or premarital sex yeah, is bad Yeah premarital sex no go Okay so you're, anything, you're going to hell if you have okay. sex before so marriage naturally kind of you'd even flow, you'd consider any sexual activity before marriage like uh oh this is going to be Yeah dangerous. like yeah. very trepidatious mm -hmm. going into it And this is Catholic upbringing uh Protestant Christian so a Christian sect kind of thing like yeah. Christian fundamentalist sort of Right ish okay yeah. got it Uh I would do this thing when because I had guilt associated with it where I would have my jeans on uh, and I'd like watch videos on my computer, but I'd I'd like I'd I'd like rub. You wouldn't touch yourself. I wouldn't touch it. I'd just start to rub it. Yeah. But because I rubbed it so much, when I would go to masturbate later because it would get too crazy, yeah. I would come blood and oh, come at yeah, the same yeah. time yeah 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 so it was like every like like it, the load would feel good but then immediately i go ah and then yeah. like blood would yeah. come out so well, as you see you're fine well, yeah right you didn't die yeah oh wait look at the booth boys looking at each other what was that what was that look all Ruff, about rap rap <laughs> so uh Hematospermia, that's called. Uh, seam, seam, blood in the semen is more common than you would imagine. <laughs> okay. It rarely means anything. Yeah. It, it usually is just irritation and you know, right. a blood vessel and uh, you know, too much trauma, that kind of stuff. Sure. Well, if you were older, you'd go, oh, you might look, we would look, you'd start to worry about other things like bladder cancer and prostate cancer and things like that. You start to look for things that happen to older men. And yeah. then when you have bleeding of any kind, I mean, and I will, I mean, I, this is something that people don't understand is that blood in your urine is actually much more serious than blood in your semen. 
That's what I needed to hear. You feel better now? I feel way better. Yeah, good. Yeah. And, and Blood in the Semen, that was how many years ago? I mean... I mean, this is like 17 years ago. Yeah, point. so yeah. it's a nothing. And, yeah. Uh, but I do recommend when people have it that they, you know, they see a urologist just to be sure because you never know. Um, but the vast majority of time, I, I would say every time I've seen that in clinical practice, it's been nothing. Okay. Uh, even though I do do some workup and stuff like that. Uh, so you can generally, I'm not saying don't work it up. I say you can generally not get anxious about have it. Have you ever worked yourself up through the genes? No, uh, well, who hasn't? So, I mean, like no, rubbed it over and over through the genes. No, I don't know about over and over, but yeah. uh, I don't think I've done, certainly not to rub, bleeding. Rub, rub. <laughs> not to bleeding. Not till I bled. Think about that. Uh, but it, it's, you know, it's one of my favorite things about religion and sex is, and it, it seems, I, I thought it was something that was mostly in Catholicism because that's where a lot of the hell stuff talks about. Oh, I, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised that in the Protestant uh, sect that- This was a strict Christian but church. But still a lot yeah. of going to hell stuff. The, the Catholics have that sort of- The fire and brimstone. The, just yeah. the going to hell. The devil, a lot about the devil, a lot of going to hell, a lot of, a lot of traumatizing kids is what happens. And so as a result, because the sexual drive is so powerful- People, of course, find workarounds, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the weird loopholes. And that's what you're doing. And yeah. so, and you end up doing it anyway, but like yeah. is a, the common one was, I'm still a virgin, but I have anal sex. Because right. I know I'll go to hell if I have sex, but I they didn't say anything about the bomb. Yeah, I and, used to masturbate in the sink so I could just wash it down in one thing. Get out of there. Pretend it just, didn't happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah you know. This, <laughs> Which yeah. is so sad. I, I have noticed, though, that... Uh, you're somewhat of an anomaly in the sense that uh, when when I was younger, masturbation was a forbidden topic. You know, there was a sort of a general cultural sense that young people were non-sexual, didn't have sex. Yeah, and that's actually how we got into big trouble with the sexual revolution. You know, the sexual revolution was perpetrated by adults. They never ever did it occur to them that adolescents would then start having sex. Mm -hmm. And I was an adolescent at the time. That's what created Loveline, because no one was talking to young people about STDs. And at the time, in 1983, we had this very serious STD coming our way, and no one was talking to young people about it. It was unbelievable. Yeah. And we called that thing, we eventually, we weren't calling it AIDS yet, but we ended up calling it AIDS. We were calling it GRIDS at the time. Let's talk about some uh, calloused feet, shall we? Let's see a little video here, sprinkle a little, little, a little palate cleanser. Well, in yeah, that's the toughest feet right there I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, you, you look at that callus. You know it's about that thick. <laughs> I know it is. I mean, good God. This thing will do anything. See, look here, you can stick a cigarette to it. <laughs> that don't hurt? Don't hurt. Is it? Move that cigarette. <laughs> Let me see you hit it, see if it's lit. Shocking that... Uh... Yeah, it's shocking that there's a uh, sort of accent like that. It's very shocking to me. My my dad used to have that with his elbows. Really he callous. Would, he, would, Why? he would go like this, he would cup it, and then it would just stay. Oh, yeah. He had like cement elbows. Huh. Was he? Did he work into something where he was leaning on his elbows all the time? Uh, 
I, he worked on cars and stuff oh, like there that. There you go. Yeah, so he didn't have like you can get psoriasis and stuff back here. Do you have anything like that, like a plaque there? I mean, he might have. I mean, <laughs> one time he. <laughs> <laughs> My dad might have all kinds. He of shit. had all he kinds. Never saw of, a doctor. He he. Oh yeah. Uh, he like fell on it one time and then it had like a droop, like a weight. Well, that's called electron bursitis. Yeah. The, the, the electron bursa fills with fluid and so okay. it looks like a baseball sitting on. The yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. He had that. That's good times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I thought your your dad's freaking you out with. His medical problems, but I didn't know that people got hooves and that they needed to have their hooves cleaned. It's kind of weird. Yeah, uh, is, is there anything bad that can happen from just having like the thickest? Fucking well, you know, it, it, it always. <laughs> I was Phoebe looking. I was. I kind of wondered how people <laughs> how people dealt before shoes, and this is a this is probably how it happened. People would develop a thick callus there. Um, the the thing I worry about is fungus. You can get uh, fungus that looks like callus, and it's actually a fungus down there. But this looks like callus, so. Give me another video. Just one more. I, I love the video so much. P.S. That's what happens when you motherfuckers don't be washing your feet. Everybody's talking about how only you crazy if you wash your feet. That's what happens. That's no, no that doesn't feet. what happen, but the fungus <laughs> the fungus is what happens. No, that's what happens. The fungus can happen. Whoa, that was a strong PSA. <laughs> because if you're never wearing shoes and you're callousing from constant irritation of the feet from walking on you know, surfaces, uh, ground without shoes on, you're going to get callous whether you wash your feet or not. But you are going to want to wash your feet. Uh, that's why the Bible made such a big deal about feet feet washing. If you notice that. But wait, so so you do wash your feet though? Me? Yeah. Fuck yeah. I mean, we we discovered that basically everybody in this studio except me and maybe Chad. Well, when yeah, you I mean, mean when you say wash your, wash feet, your feet, I mean I don't wash my feet the way I wash my hands. There we go. But when I'm in the <laughs> shower in the every day. Yeah, that's what we mean in the shower. Yeah, yeah. you let, in the you shower, let the water yeah. run and hit you. That's Trickle what you're down. saying. No, I will try to put soap on my feet. Yeah, I, I will try to do that because I know that it, that's a good idea. And he's right about that. I, I I'm I'm not perfect. Sorry, Annie. No, I, I was just saying get body to everybody else. You you're correct. Doctor. All right, fair Thank enough. Thank you. <laughs> Everyone else is sus. That's <laughs> 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 not where you use it, but you're on the way. You're on the way, man. You're on the way. Getting close. All right, take another call. Speaking of on the way, I've got uh, Forrest from Tennessee. I said I wanted a video, but I'm going to take a call. Uh, Forrest, what's going on there? Hey, how you doing? Good. Hi, I was just calling about uh, actually my wife, not me. Okay, good. Um, she has or was diagnosed with PCOS. Uh, at a young age, yeah. um, I'm not certain when. Um, and she has, when we were younger and more overweight, she would uh, have fists more often and they would burst. Uh, but we've recently gotten healthy and had I haven't noticed them as much, but she recently had one. And uh, I was wondering what we could do with those and then also finding a doctor that's not just going to be like, here's a medicine, go away. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, you're doing the number one thing, you know, diet and exercise are really important for PCOS. Uh, also, I always worry about insulin resistance for women with PCOS. That's, that's the sort of bigger medical problem. The cysts of themselves are miserable, but they are not harmful. And, and what is PCOS? Polycystic ovarian syndrome. Thank you. Uh, and the biggest problem is that you don't get the kind of normal hormone cycling and the estrogen levels start to stay up and... That makes people kind of uncomfortable. So that's why oftentimes they'll just put someone on a birth control pill. That's sort of the typical sort of treatment for that to sort of suppress the cysts and sort of create a little more cycling in, in, your, in your hormones. 
but I'm, I'm a big fan of diet and exercise uh, when it comes to PCOS, and she's going to have cysts. I mean, that's how her system works. Uh, but you guys are doing the right stuff. I don't know if, you know, I, I'm, I mean, I would have her see a gynecologist, but I, I don't think there's much else really to be done, particularly if she doesn't want to take hormones, which I certainly understand that. Thank you for the call, my friend. Let's uh, cool blind guy. What is a cool? Give me this cool blind guy. Oh, you're going to love this guy. I love cool guys. You know that. Justin, I really like your videos, and I hope you continue to do them. Um, and me being blind, please, I'd appreciate you um, doing them to where I can hear. And, you know, I'd like you to turn the recorder on when you go into the bathroom and uh, let me hear you undo your belt, pull your pants down, set the toilet seat down, and sit down and do a good stream of pee in the water and a good shit. Um, and for me, since I can't see, if you could describe what what it looks like in the toilet, just um, just a fun thing. And, um, you know, in other words, keep the recorder on from the begin beginning to the end when you flush the toilet. Okay, uh, please get back with me and uh, let me know, okay? Thanks. I have so many mixed feelings about this guy. This is the weirdest voicemail, like, feeling... Like okay, well, you know that 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 anticipation. Of like, yeah. will, you, will you hit me back? Yeah, like yeah. Thank you. Thanks Thank for the you. call. Yeah. <laughs> Just leave me that description of your shit and the oh. toilet. So, um, he's sort of a blind version of uh, Norman, the piggy man, right? In a weird way, is he feel, uh, give that flavor? I think to there's you? different mechanisms involved here. Well, I, if, uh, on one hand, I'm fascinated and. Um, I want to support him. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, right. You The, the visual and the auditory is really... I mean, the auditory and the descriptive is so important to you. Yeah. I, I want him to have that. I'm not sure this is what I want him to have. <laughs> right, a description right. of piss and shit, but... I mean, is he taking submissions from everybody? I did. Well, what was the guy's name here? It seems from just this guy, at least. And he calls it... And, and what I like His is also... Bob. What? This guy's name is Bob. This We know this guy's Blind name? Blind Bob, Bob, yeah. All right, Bob. So... But what I like is he isn't he. This is gonna sound weird, but but he, but he isn't creepy about it. No, he's he, he's like as kind of chill about it as you can be. Chill. I didn't get creepy vibes. He's just he's like, just like I just would like this is fun. Yeah. This is game time. That's yeah. all. It's just and and he and he's the the blind the visually impaired part sort of adds to the empathy like oh like, no for sure yeah, but if he was staring down the barrel of the camera and asking this dude for this then i'd get kind of the heebie-jeebies yeah, yeah so yeah. fascinating yeah. so interesting but bob send us more voicemails we you can send them directly to us well <laughs> he's dead what why well, he, he died of cancer a while ago but he i we have a well of uh of footage of him because this is kind of a lane that he's into well, shit, and he's dying of cancer. No, he's shit dead. is the lane he's into. I understand, yeah. but but he's and he's dying yes, of yeah. he looks like a chemo sort of brain, you know, dome here a little bit. So so he's dying of cancer as he's doing this stuff. So I'm extra super wanting him to get that voice message back. Yeah, with, with the, right. I have a feeling that he's gotten some people that sent him stuff because you know there's other can, stuff. Can, that can we you have. give us another, Bob? Can you please? Because it's a, it's a it's an important lane for us to head down. I think. <laughs> I think that that's all we got in this folder. We'll we'll follow back up on the next uh, next show. Yeah, on the next show. But actually, this leads me to a question that I have. Uh oh. How do blind people figure out what makes them come? Well, you you as a male, 
uh, understand that a large part of what arouses you and what's hooked into your sexual response is the visual. Right. 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 Um, I. What are you laughing at? Uh, me? Yeah, you. You okay? I, I just don't think I needed my eyes to figure out what made me come. <laughs> well, that, that's. I think his point is exactly right. Is that you'll find something else. You'll find that we do. We have a natural proclivity to the visual. Probably that is an evolutionary thing. We're looking for health and fertility and things like that. We're literally looking for it. And that gets hooked into our, yeah, that's what we're doing. That's interesting, though, because, okay, now you got the old brain running up here. Okay, Yeah, yeah take it away, Jeremiah. Now, let's say somebody is, they think they're super straight, Okay. Is this another one of your early childhood experiences? You want to share with us? <laughs> no, no. Okay. Okay. Hypothetical. Hypothetical. Blind guy with a boner sitting on a couch. Okay. There is a male butthole that's in front of him and there is a female vagina and both get put over the penis. He can't, I don't know. He maybe not have never tried either. Maybe he's a virgin. Okay. Okay. That would be a good litmus test, you know, right then and there if he's straight or gay. No. Because because <laughs> because but, gay is not about what you want to insert your penis into as much as you want to be in and around men and with in close to men, and oh. you, you sort of have to complete the spectrum. Okay, you might as well just be a flashlight then, right? And he, he, you, flesh, you could have number. I mean, three. I wouldn't refer to them as that, you, you, but yeah. But you could have number three a flashlight and see which she prefers. See right? which, yeah, yeah, yeah. You might prefer the flashlight, right? Yeah, I mean, sort of technically designed better than everything else. So, you know, but, but it is a really interesting thing. So, so I have talked to people that have regained sight, like they were involved in an accident when they were very young and they were blind their whole life. And yeah. then in recent years, they've got their sight back. It's, it's very, sight is just another sense. And the other sense will kind of fill in in terms of building a landscape of the world. Yeah. And when you restore sight, it's not what you, th it doesn't restore exactly what we, the sighted, think it will do. In fact, a lot of people are, don't like it when they get their sight back. And they start confusing. The, the classic thing for me was this guy was telling me, he, when he first got his sight back, he was in a Costco. And they, you know, there was a lot of people and, He's like, I work at Costco? This is crazy. No, no, no. He was a customer walking around with his wife, and he suddenly pushed his wife out of the way. So said, watch out for that forklift. You got you to stay out of the way. And it wasn't a forklift. It was a large woman. And his brain couldn't differentiate. And he could look at it and say, and focus on it and think, oh, that's... But he couldn't quite make sense of it because visual stuff has to be made sense of by the brain too. Right. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And so, so he's back gay? To, no. <laughs> back, to, <laughs> back to sex is, you know, it, it gets wired into our motivational systems. And evolutionary biology answers all questions. So what, what is it about the male that we're so visual? We're looking for the ability to reproduce effectively. So what would that be? Symmetry, fecundity, health that kind of stuff good genes to pass on okay yeah. what's 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 weird to me the weirdest thing of all though about humans is that the the healthiest thing for us to do is to mix genes our disparate genes and mix them so people from the farthest flung races should be getting together that's the healthiest thing for a population and yet we as humans go into tribes and don't don't cross it's just that's the worst thing we can do from a from a genetic health standpoint mm. so anyway that's 
Just my little my little PSA. Did that answer your question? Mix them jeans. Uh, let's see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hold on here. Uh, okay, Andrea. Let's get to or Andrea. We'll have to find out which it is. So is it Andrea or Andrea? I think it's going to be an it's Andrea. Andrea. Andrea, how are you? Good. How are you? Excellent. Thanks for calling. Yep. Um, so I wanted to start by telling you, like, thank you, because you're the only reason I even knew about hormone replacement therapy. Great. Um, and I've been having issues with my hormones since I was, like, probably 16, honestly. Wow. Um, and I had went to, like, gynecologists, and all they did was throw birth control at me, which made me feel horrible. And um, yeah. we ended up having two kids. Um, and after this last one, um, I... And four months postpartum, and I was, like, extremely depressed, having major issues. Mm. And I was like, oh, yeah, I need to go see someone with hormone replacement therapy. And so I looked someone up, found them. Good. Um, and I've been on it for, like, three weeks, and it's made a huge, huge difference in my life. Good like, for mood, you. Oh, no my God. that's depressed, so, no longer anxious, nothing. You, you've made my week for a couple, <laughs> many different reasons. One is that I was able to help you. That, that's amazing. But more that that this is an example for you can be a case that other people can learn from. And are you on the, all three hormones, progesterone, testosterone, and, and estrogen, or just two? Um, so for right now, she has me on progesterone and testosterone because both of those were extremely low, like bottomed out low. It is insane. Testosterone has been left out of hormone. And Andrew, you've obviously heard me talk about this. It had been left out of, of first. There's so many things I'm angry about when it comes to this topic. Women go through perimenopause for long periods of time, sometimes starting in their 30s. How old are you, Andrea? I'm 30 right now. Yeah. And she's, and particularly postpartum, particularly if you've been breastfeeding, particularly if you've had, you know, uh, sort of hormonal fluctuations in the past. Women become miserable in their middle ages, uh, even well before hormonal shutdown of menopause. And doctors put, give you antidepressants, and they give you therapy, and they tell you you're depressed. And in reality, you're just not you're not producing enough testosterone typically, and sometimes estrogen. And so you get women on the right hormones, and the whole thing goes away. They feel a thousand percent better. And I'd much rather have you on something that restores your normal hormones than a stupid antidepressant. So good for you, Andrew. I'm so glad you took care of your health. Took command yeah, of it. Well, and so I had actually went to see an endocrinologist because I thought maybe she would help me, and I ended up and left there crying. Um, and that was about this time last year when I went to go see her because she's like, you just need to go to your gynecologist and get on birth control. Like, that's the only thing we can do for you. So, and I was like, I know there's not like I knew I had heard you talk about hormone replacement therapy. And so I found this place, but then I ended up and somehow magically got pregnant. Um, so after this birth, I was like, I have to go do something because I was absolutely miserable. My husband was like, we've got it. He's like, We're, he's like, you are not in OK shape. He's like, we've got to figure something out. So. I went back and I found out I was my my hormones were just absolutely bottomed out and it was just it was bad like I was in rough shape. Well, it's it's extraordinary how much that it, how well it works and again it's just restoring things back to normal. It's like if you had thyroid disease and we're giving you your thyroid medicine back. It's not doing something extra physiological. So not a painful process at all. Nothing. It's nothing. It's it's I I would hope you would go back to that gynecologist and educate her a little bit. Uh, 
but I, it's not your responsibility. It's just doctors. Believe me, I have wanted to. <laughs> yeah, doctors don't learn unless somebody comes back to that. So it worries about ER doctors. They never get the follow-up, and I wanted to go down and talk to them more than a couple of times. All right, Andy, thanks for the call. I appreciate it very much. All right, thank you, Dr. Drew. You betcha. Uh, let's do, do you have any voice messages lined up? Do we have anything like that? I just want to... I feel like I, I want to include. I, I miss that that quality that we get from the voice messages, particularly female voice messages. Andrea gave me that sort of nah, harder to come by. Here you go. All right. Hey, Doctor Mommy. Hey, Boost Boys. Long time listener here. First time caller, I guess. Uh, I have a very interesting question. Uh-oh. I have been doing some research over the last few months mm-hmm. about the taste of my boyfriend's seminal fluid, mm. <laughs> and. It seems like whenever I'm bleeding, it tastes delicious. Like, literally tastes like strawberries and freaking cream, but only only when I'm on my period. And I did some research. I can't find anything about it online. Um, what could this be? This hoe a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's really, really interesting. So... Uh, I seriously doubt that anything is changing in him, right? Why would he change? Yeah, it's got to be, I don't know. She's on her, uh, I'm taking a guess here, Dr. Drew. Her senses are a little bit more heightened because there's more things going on with her. It's it's really kind of interesting. And I don't know that there's any systematic or sort of scientific way to, to describe what she's going through, except to say that we know well, doctors know, that women leading up to ovulation, after ovulation, and for some women in and around the, the menstruation, dramatic changes in their, their sexual drive, mm-hmm. in their sensory sort of experiences, in their experiences around sex and receptivity. There's a, women have a phenomenon called receptivity. You, don't, you know what that is as a male? No. Yeah, right? And I, so, something I should know? Well, I, it's something that women don't know men don't know. Is that you know we're all about go drive forward, right? They have this thing called and and various women and women experience it in different ways and different degrees, but receptivity is just the openness to things coming in to something being received, and I oh, think just like literally like physically literally, in your body, it literally it's a feeling, it's a it's a feeling of union and receptivity. It's a very powerful motivator for women oh. that we do not have at all. We don't even know what they're talking oh, about, the, really. For the, for the lead up, like... Like, like this the, makes them more likely to be... So if the I'm not in the mood conversation is happening, the receptivity is quite low. Correct. On, yes. And so in and around ovulation, receptivity can go up. Mm-hmm. Uh, right? It makes sense. Yeah. Evolutionarily, right? From a biological I standpoint. I feel so much smarter just you being should. in a room you, with you, you. Well, you are. And so... <laughs> so... So... so, so uh, here, and, and of course, I have lots of really good questions now. Here's something about big balls. But um, so so that it's a really interesting thing. I, I, I like talking about this stuff because, well, uh, people aren't aware of it. You know, They don't think to discuss it with each sure. other, right? Because we're very different biologically. And we're living in a time when we live in this delusion that everything's sociological. Yes, gender, I get it, is largely sociological. But male and female biology and the biological systems we operate in, we just call that medicine generally. Uh, it's, it's a very complicated and specific process. It can be adulterated and changed and altered by all kinds of things, but we do need to understand the basics, and people don't. They don't think about it, and they don't think about communicating them to each other. 
Would I've you got, say that that's a? I mean, that that comes down to as far as like relationships, like it's a huge issue. It's, it's, a, like, it's, it's a huge issue, and, and it's one I've been speaking to for twenty five years. Yeah, uh, I've been and, with my wife for like thirteen years now. Yeah, and it all comes down to us having good communication, like at the very end of like the day with a lot of things. But I think the the whole sort of you just need to communicate sort of uh, aphorism is a little too just so. Uh, you have to be A, willing to like not win a fight, right? Yeah. If, if emotions yeah. get hot, you just got to be able to go. It's more important that I not win and that the relationship wins by us just settling this thing down. Mm -hmm. uh, and that you really listen, you know, and try to ask questions about the other person and their experience. And really, I'm I, my wife and I have been together forty years, and I am still learning shit. I'm a physician. That is odd. Yeah, that she, she will say things. What did she say the other day? And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh my god, that's that. I, I see what you're talking about. I didn't didn't know. And when, when I get her in here, I'll think about it. I've got big balls. I think most men prefer having an impressive handful of balls to having a pair of peanuts, but there's there any practical value to having large balls. I have a feeling you're going to claim that big balls do not produce bigger loads. Well, that's for sure. Uh, but are there other advantages? Uh, more testosterone, greater success at producing children, uh, just aesthetics. Men like me are proud of our testicular endowment, but I'm wondering if there's any real reason to be proud. Uh, yeah, I can imagine, I'm just thinking from an evolutionary standpoint, again, back in the days of uh, swords uh, and sword fights and and person-to-person -person co uh, combat, th they could be a bit of a liability, I would think. Somebody could just <laughs> yeah. disable you pretty easily. Uh, I, I, the, the whole point of it being outside your body is to lower the temperature because the Sertoli cells need uh, a different temperature to be producing the sperm and the testosterone and whatnot. Uh, so... It might have some advantages, but I'm not aware of anybody that has documented that. What about the length of the balls? Does that have anything? I think to do that's with the it? same thing. I think it's what he's really talking about mm. is that they're big, long ones, and often the long ones are. And as you get older, uh, gravity does its thing to you also, and uh, yeah, they get worse. They get more so. Uh, let's see. Are you speaking from personal experience? No, I don't have those. I don't, gentlemen. Long balls, hanging balls. I got some long ones. You got some long ones. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when it's hot up. Yeah. 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 Any right now yeah. they're no, ooh, really. freezing in here. Yeah, not me. <laughs> not my thing. Yeah, they're tucked in. Oh, oh, here's a personal question. My last question of the day is from Seth. Hi, Seth. Hey, Dr. Drew. How are you? I'm great. What's going on? Oh, nothing much. How are you, mommy? Hi, mommy. You're not here in Utah. Hey, cool. We got daddy with us today. Yeah. Oh, hi, daddy. Hey, what's up? <laughs> Oh, so my question is, do you ever just have to jerk off to get a phantom ghost load out? Um, it, it, so I don't have a prostate because I had prostate cancer. And so young males are very fascinated Yeah, but by that. do you ever just get... No, I know what you're asking. I'll, I'll get to it. Oh. <laughs> I get it. Uh, <laughs> so, so this actually is kind of interesting. I've never... Thank you for this question because I've never answered this one before. Um, so I've made a big point of you, these, this, this email and this caller... 
are sort of zeroing in on something I've been screaming about in the show for a long time, which is that semen is produced by the prostate gland, not mm-hmm. by your testicles. And right. men have this weird sense that somehow semen is sitting in their testicles waiting to come out. Sure. No, not at all. It's, the sperm is produced there, testosterone is produced there, the, the sperm kind of leaks into the semen. Yeah. Um, then to the vas deferens? Correct. Through the vas deferens into the seminal vesicles. Uh, and because I don't have a prostate, I don't produce fluids. Mm-hmm. There's no fluid. And there's an interesting phenomenon that men have, young men particularly, where you almost feel like a buildup of fluid, right? Yeah. Is that what you're asking about, Seth? That kind of buildup-y feeling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You, you still get it, but it doesn't have that same urgency to it. You know what I mean? It's still You still have a oh, – okay. your, your, your desire, you know, after you've had a load, so to speak, you're sort of satiated, and then it takes a while and things build back up again. That definitely still happens, but it doesn't have that sense of if this doesn't come out, I'm going to die. <laughs> so it, you don't have that same feeling. But but I, I wonder if men my age just don't have that feeling anyway because of lower. But my testosterone levels lately, I just had them. I get them tested because it's part of my follow up for my prostate cancer. How often do you test? Uh, I get a PSA. Levels? I get a PSA twice a year, and the urologist. I don't even know why he's doing it. Has been testing testosterone with it, and it's fluctuated around a little bit. But lately, it's like way high, like at the top of the normal male. And so, for my age, that's kind of weird. Yeah. So I don't know what that's all about, gentlemen. It's sus. It's sus. Would that be sus? Still not there, Jeff. Oh, Still not there. But <laughs> well, Jeremiah, give everybody your plugs again. We appreciate you being here. This has been fun. Yeah. Uh, check out my new one-hour special on YouTube right now. It's called Daddy. Um, yeah. Leave uh, some kind of a comment. Uh, let me know that you came from Dr. Drew. Uh, yeah, that you heard him talking about. Uh, well, when he called the guy a bitch, that was really the highlight of the day. I think that you're was, mad at him for doing that. You're not allowed to do that anymore. You know? I know. I know. No I know. joking. No joking, no yeah. joking. Uh, and then uh, my series, uh, Stand Up on the Spot, is on YouTube. Uh, I think you'll really enjoy And Scissor Bros and Jeremiah Wonders. I, I got a rabbit hole of content. So. Well, let's wrap it up the way we came in. Oh, we're going to do some scissors? Yeah, yeah. Okay, you ready? You yeah. count over your head. It releases endorphins. Okay. It's actually really good for okay, you. Okay, okay, yeah. I'm ready. Well, I have okay. bad shoulders, so I'll go so okay, high. Okay, we'll, we'll do them lower. Okay, good. Okay, okay. Yeah, we'll do one. Oh, in front of the mic. Two. Three. I'm off by a Four. beep. It looks more cool. Five. <laughs> Six. Seven. Eight. Nine. Ten. Are these 11, jumping jacks or are these 12, scissors? These are scissors. 13, 14, and You do 15, this many scissors every, every time? Oh, uh, yeah. So, 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 okay. 18. Well, it's usually as long as the, the, the guest will allow it. So like, Okay. I'll, well, this time the host will not allow it any further. So Okay. Perfect. So good. Thank you, sir. Thanks so much for good having me. Good to meet you. Yeah, Pleasure. Meet you. And we will see you all next time. All conversations and information exchanged during participation of the Dr. Drew After Dark podcast or interaction on the drdrew.com website is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Do not confuse this with treatment or physician medical advice or direction per se. You must always follow your medical professional's advice and direction. Nothing on these podcasts or posted on this site supplements or supersedes the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Please understand, I am not playing the role of physician in this environment per se. I'm educating. I am a licensed physician with specialty boards in American Board of Internal Medicine and American Board of Addiction Medicine.